Yes, and welcome to Discussions of Truth. I am your host, Ian Hamilton Trottier. I come to you weekly Wednesdays, 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time to deliver inspiring, thought-provoking discussions. And as I mentioned, they are of seeking out truth. Hence, the title of that song, Metallica, Seek and Destroy. Destroy corruption on all levels, corporate, financial, whatever they may be, and most importantly, in government and politics. Hence, the guest that we bring on to this program today, it has been over a year trying to secure a date. Six-term former U.S. Congresswoman from the state of Georgia who happens to be the first black woman to represent that state in the House on Capitol Hill. Cynthia McKinney will be joining Winwood Radio today and Discussions of Truth with the Trachier. In about three minutes' time, we'll be hosting a 10-minute quick segment with Fatima Bakum. She's the founder of Open Letter. That's O-P-E-N-L-E-T-R. Note the spelling. Open Letter. She's a Chinese-born Malian citizen who grew up in Libya, Saudi Arabia, and Mali. Objective of Open Letter. A female-only social app with the mission of eradicating marginalization of one billion women. By 2035, that's what I like about what Fatima is doing. She has a goal. She has an agenda. Do you know that the United Nations happens to also have an agenda? And that agenda is understanding, or excuse me, uh, controlling the way you understand life as it is to you in various forms and various ways. But nonetheless, Open Letter has its own Agenda by 2035 is the mark. Quote, she says, we are leveraging technology to proactively close the gaps in women's rights. Open Letter provides easy access for women to receive and provide help in the areas of sexual abuse, work discrimination, harassment, relationships and self-esteem issues, as well as enable to connect with one another over educational, entertaining, and uplifting content. Next week, Daniel Estelin will join the program. And he'll speak about, he's written many books, but he'll speak about La Trastienda de Trump, which in English is Trump behind the scenes. Okay, uh, Daniel Essen will, and, 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 and as I've mentioned before, he's caught the eye of the late Fidel Castro and some of the work he's done. Uh, following that, we'll have Gretchen Peters a former ABC News correspondent, and I would consider, certainly from my standpoint, a uh, expert in opium trade, opium wars, as you will, as I will, in Afghanistan. And uh, just in today, we will be, we've secured uh, August 22nd to host uh, the author of Esoteric Hollywood. Why is this important? Because pedophilia is running rampant in Hollywood. Esoteric Hollywood. Uh, Jay Dyer 
joining, will be joining the program to discuss what he's researched and what he understands about various symbolisms in, in Hollywood. Sexual abuse of teenage boys runs rampant. We know in Hollywood, but also uh, segues into, uh, not just boys, into uh, politics. Something, it's, a, it's a very disgusting uh, uh, fact and reality of life that we, that we live in. Yeah, it's 2018. It's, uh, you know, it, the, the world changes rapidly and certainly the nation changes rapidly. We'll end August by hosting Lieutenant Colonel, former Lieutenant Colonel Robert Buzz Patterson, United States Air Force, retired. He's a former military combat pilot, distinguished White House military aide under Bill Clinton. He's a best-selling New York Times best-selling author, leadership consultant, public speaker, and former commercial airline pilot. What's very interesting about Colonel Patterson Buzz is that he was the operational commander for all military units assigned to the White House, which included Air Force One, Marine One, Camp David, and the White House Transportation Agency. He's the author of the best-selling book. He's got two of them. The one we'll be discussing is Dereliction of Duty. How (laughs) Bill Clinton fumbled what was called the nuclear football. Whoa, something that got squashed by dereliction of, by me. Dereliction of duty is a specific offense. You can click on my website, I got listed under United States Title 10, Section 892, Article 92. That means that if, 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 the, if the former president, for instance, were to be tried under that, he very well could be, uh, could be found guilty. Uh, we'll see what Buzz has to say. And of course, uh, Kevin Shipp. Uh, we've, we've secured. His interest in joining the program, he will be joining the program. It's just a matter of rescheduling him. So, slate of some really good stuff uh, coming down the pipeline. Uh, let me cut to a break, and we'll bring on Fatima Bakum for a few minutes uh, uh, to hear what she, uh, Open Letter's all about before um, before segueing to uh, Cynthia McKinney. Thanks for, Cynthia McKinney. Thanks for joining Winwood Radio. I am your host, Ian Trottier. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram, I-A-N-T-R-O-T-T-I-E-R. Donate to the program. If you like, I urge you to. Iantrottier.com. I-N-T-R-O-T-T-I-R.com. And by the way, my book, my my actually my second, it's my second book. So I wrote a book uh, in my college years. My, my book has just been released. It's for purchase online on my website. Uh, the title of the book, Freedom Reserved. No More Lies. The couch is an island A desert oasis The room is a spaceship And you're an undiscovered planet I push the hair out of my eyes I pull the blanket around me I bite my nails, scratch my shoulder 
Okay, and I'm back, and I always like to come back in with uh, Metallica, go out with Metallica. We have uh, via Skype with us Fatima Bakum. She is the founder of Open Letter. Fatima, are you there? How are you? Uh, very good, very, very good. Thanks for taking your time out to join uh, Windwood Radio and Discussions of Truth. Um, Fatima, for listeners to... Um, and I, I've given a little bit of an intro uh, about what you've done. Uh, you come from a um, a family of uh, diplomats, and maybe you want to give a few a few a few moments about uh, um, you know that, and give a little bit of background, and then and then tell us about Open Letter and women's rights. Absolutely. So um, yes, yeah, so West Africa and China um, and grow up in Libya as well as Saudi Arabia in the Middle East and so I grew up uh, seeing women marginalized. Um, they had to cover up, uh, they could not go out just like women here would do and so I from a very young age I interested the digital uh, powering to women really uh, highlight women that are doing great things uh, to set uh, and to really motivate other women to find. so um, while I was doing that I came across many different articles of Me Too and Times of very, very um, ashamed um, of went through uh, a sexual abuse and I lived in silence for eight years. Wow. Um, so I did not feel comfortable with the fact that I was empowering women when I, I myself was not fully empowered. So I decided that I was going to speak out. Um, so I created a video and we published it on the web. And from that point and... I, it's hard to believe, but I received a lot of pressure to remove it because it was shameful. Um, I They would tell me you would never get married. Uh, no one would want to be with someone who was sexually abused, etc., etc. But then, on the other hand, um, other women reached out to me. And that was the most amazing feeling that I've actually felt throughout this process. Um, because the the shared... Uh, that shared experience removed everything, all the history, that even the fact that we didn't know each other. We communicated as if we knew each other. Um, and that was uh, the beauty of it because we were able to connect um, based on the fact that we were women and we went through something that, was, uh, that we knew was really um, was, uh, traumatic. And so from that point, I realized that um, to solve the project of creating an app, so a social app uh, that women's needs and psychology in mind, acknowledging the societal issues that we face. So, in other words, a uh, dual purpose uh, provide uh, an anonymous space for women to share and receive support freely. You can come forward without any additional pressure 
and shaming, but also to enable women to connect with one another and uh, an empowering tribe. So really the community of support. Wow, that's that's ac- that's excellent. And and is this this app that you're you're speaking of is that um, something different than your um, your website uh, open letter? Yes. Yeah, so you're extending into the app. So think about the the one way, right? So you uh, readers read; they can comment, but really there is no other interaction. There is no thing you can. It's a it's almost uh, speaking to a wall in a sense. You can see, you can deeper, uh, and so the the social truly build a community of women, of supportive women. So we can share, we can learn, we can uh, get entertained, we can entertain each other. A, um, I'm not sure if you you probably write the, the TV show Friends. Imagine uh, open letter is Friends, the TV show, and we are all women and we're in her pro- problems with one another. So that's really what I would love. I want us to change the perception that their women tend to think that they we are all uh, when that has been built um, by society in fact are taught to compete with one another for the attention of men when really we should care for one another, support one another and and be there for one another. That's that's amazing. Now, where did um, where did this where did this really incept incept? Did this come from um, from experiences in, in any particular country? Um, in is there is, is there really any experience in any particular country that that, that this came from? Your desire to do this. Yeah, it's it's yeah. No, the desire from but also, the, there are statistics. So, ninety percent of uh, adult rapes, uh, or actually, yeah, are female. So, all, all the rapes, uh, the victims are ninety percent female. And it's only for actually less than forty percent of the victims um, to seek help. And so, I'm not sure if you realize, but uh, every ninety-eight seconds, actually, two or three uh, women are being sexually uh, and less than forty percent will ever ask for help, and that's a—it's a chilling statistic and driving uh, for open letter. It's the force that we have changed the, the narrative, and um, and uh, women must seek help. They must speak uh, to one another about any issues they have with sexual abuse, trauma, um, and any related societal um, uh, uh, concerns. Now, uh, Fatima, w- w- a- a- share share with listeners um, some of the um, uh, some some of the accolades or, or victories that that you've seen with uh, the development of this program. So, before actually touching that, I really wanted to just something else. Um, sure. So, in the process of uh, uh, building the app, starting Open Letter, as you can imagine, any organization uh, really requires funding, right? And so what I came across n- now more than ever 
is that when you talk about uh, anything relating to social impact or um, uh, uh, impact investing, uh, investors tend to really perceive it as a not so lucrative, which is not true, of course, but it's it's a perception. And so I really want to tell the audience that if you do have a, a, a goal mission, if you have a passion and you really want to do good and you hear people telling you, well, you know, that's not going to generate, uh, I don't know, 200,000, uh, 200,000 mil, uh, 200, um, um, million um, uh, within X years, uh, we are not so interested. Please go for it um, because it's only by really being crazy and believing in yourself that you can really change the world. And there are many ways to raise funds. So in our case, we launched a, uh, a GoFund, uh, GoFundMe campaign a few weeks ago. The goal is to raise 50000 And this is not to build the app. The app is actually uh, done. Uh, it's really to take it into the market. And so there are ways. And we am asking also the audience um, if anyone cares about women's rights, about uh, helping change the narrative, please go on gofundme.com forward slash help reverse women's narrative and make a donation. And if you cannot, that's completely fine. Simply share the link with your friends and family members. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you very much, Fatima, for sharing that. And um, is, are there any last, uh, last words uh, that you'd like to leave, uh, leave with uh, listeners? I would say, again, my uh, my whole belief, I have a guiding principle. I just want to tell the, the, the audience that uh, you have to make choices where your uh, heart and mind uh, are aligned. So please don't, don't stay in your night happy. If you have something else in mind and you know that it will make you happy, you can change the world, you can have an impact, go for it. It's real in your truth. Thank you, Fatima. Ladies and gentlemen, Fatima Bakum of OpenLetter.com. Uh, That's L-T-R.com. Uh, uh, we look forward to uh, bringing you back on the, uh, inviting you back on the program, Fatima, and thanks for joining Winwood Radio. Thank you, Ian. Bye. Have a great day. Ladies and gentlemen, Fatima Bakum, very sweet of her to, uh, to join the program this afternoon. Uh, she's phoning in from, uh, New York. Um, let me, let me take a moment and, uh, and address, uh, the Me Too campaign. Uh, Tarana Burke, I believe she's up in Georgia as well. Atlanta, uh, joined the program a number of months ago, close to a year now. This isn't something that should be dealt with in a light manner. Um, if you know somebody that is being abused, I urge you to please turn to a group like that of which Fatima has, 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 has created. Um, I, 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 all of us on one level or another have, succumb to being afraid, really, right, of sharing certain experiences. Don't be, because it's, as commonly discovered, it's, it's more common than we think. 
and you must there's certainly a a line that is drawn so empowering women women's rights that's 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 it's wonderful it's amazing and um and an ex an example of that would be certainly running for uh, the high, highest office of the land, which uh, our next guest um, has experience doing uh, with the Green Party in 2008. I'll be right back, cut to a break, uh, where we'll be, we'll be joined uh, when I return by uh, former U.S. presidential candidate in 2008, Cynthia McKinney. Thanks for tuning in. This is Winwood Radio. I am your host, Ian Hamilton. Trottier. Okay, welcome back. This is Winwood Radio, broadcasting from the Winwood District of Miami, Florida. It's been a, well over a year since uh, this program has been in discussion with uh, the, the guest that uh, I'm about to introduce. She's a six-term member of the United States House of Representatives from the state of Georgia, and she's the author of multiple books. Her current book how the U.S. creates, I'm going to substitute the word, word here, uh, crap hole countries. Um, and it alludes to comments uh, by the current person that sits in the Oval Office, uh, Donald Trump. We welcome to the program Cynthia McKinney. Cynthia, can you hear me? Yes, I hear you very well. I hope you can hear me as well. Uh, crystal clear, Cynthia, crystal clear. Uh, let's jump in quickly to something that now this is interesting, Cynthia, because um, last week uh, the program hosted uh, Richard Gage. And Richard, I think you're familiar with him. He's a member of the American Institute of Architects. Uh, he's putting together he's put together AE 911 Truth 501c3. And um, he mentioned your name. I don't think he had any idea that you were joining the program, uh, but he had mentioned your name in uh, our discussion last week. Um, we'll get into that, but one of the things that he mentioned was that he was excited or he alluded to this concept that you that you had introduced me to via, via an email of power cells. Can you uh, describe this to listeners? What is this concept? This 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 concept of power cells. 
Well, oh my gosh, I, I should actually pull up the document. So okay. now just let your audience know that I'm just going from the top of my head, which basically um, the, the, the power sales concept comes from my years of experience in uh, sort of the political arena and also, uh, and not just from my time in Congress, but of course, probably that serves as the icing on the cake to formulate, I guess, a set of behaviors that the people of the United States need to engage in mm. if we, quote unquote, want to take our country back. So it begins, the idea, the concept, begins with the idea, with the notion, and I borrow quite heavily from our current president who gave us the language that we didn't have before. So for example, when I was saying, I was trying to say in my own way that the system is rigged. I never said the system is rigged. Uh, the system is rigged. Four words, right? And that's exactly the situation that I think many people who engage the system find that is really difficult. They're surprised when they get a positive result because the, um, uh, the majority of the results that we get is either uh, being ignored or our values not counting, except on election day, of course, when our votes are counted, if our votes happen to be counted. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's right. And so, um, so I started with just my overall knowledge of the U.S. political system and also the fact that the system um, has been rigged not just for the last five years or 10 years or 20 years, but our system was rigged from the first day that the Pilgrims set foot mm. on the North American continent. Mm. So we've been doing, so there's been some rigging of us as individuals ever since the beginning of the founding of this country. So as individuals, we've been rigged. Not just the system as a whole, but all the way down to the individual that operates within the system. And so then I looked at like the, uh, my PhD is in leadership and change. So I've got lots of theory on leadership. I've got lots of theory on change. I've got lots of experience in both. And so, um, I thought what I would do is we look at our political system as a system as, as a whole and one that has been rigged terribly such that corruption is rife in our system, then what is it that we seek more first and foremost, more than anything else, we seek a system of governance that has ethics right. embedded in its processes and we are so far away from ethical governance that we've got to um, engage in certain activities now these theories and applications are based on the behavioral sciences uh, usually in the corporate world 
which engages in leading change and managing change. The corporate world has to roll with the punches or else they don't roll at all. And so they've engineered this concept called total quality management so that you're always in this, um, in this, um, in the process of adapting to change so that you can survive. And that is exactly what we have not been taught to do. So the goal of the power cells is to organize every uh, the people of the United States from different walks of life. Uh, the way I put it, we um, sit down at the same table in the same room, although we are individually vastly different, and we come up with common solutions to the problems that plague our communities. And so this is a community-based way to empower ourselves. First of all, we have to unrig ourselves as individuals. Then we take that group of individuals that is in the process of unrigging themselves. We turn them into a team. They started as a group, but they become a team and then they become problem solvers. And uh, so the way I envision it is that we would spend one day together and we would go through this process with techniques that have been honed and uh, proven evidence-based techniques that have been proven to work. And we do that for ourselves and our country so that we can, in the end, defeat the deep state's tactic of divide and rule. We know that they divide us. And it's not just one side that's practicing the division. It's both sides that are engaging in divisiveness. For example, I can look at Fox News, I can read Washington Times, and I can see that they're painting us into this left-right um, Democrat versus uh, Republican scenario. And the same thing happens on the other side at CNBC, MSNBC, CNN, and CBS, and the rest of them. So this is a, uh, and, and let me just also add that Washington, that, um, these divisions are reinforced by the entertainment industry. Mm. So Hollywood is definitely a tool that is used by the deep state to reinforce the rigging that it inflicts on all of us. This is a way for us, those of us who say we want to take our country back. This is a practical way for us to do that as community and um, in respect of the differences that individuals bring to the table. Beautifully said. There's a lot of points here. Let's 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 stick with for listeners to identify this concept, which is very much a reality if you can understand how to see it that way. Uh, because like you're saying, uh, the average American is given a, 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 a certain picture to view the reality in a way that those that control them would want them to view it. So let's say let's let's go with this this rigged. We are definitely all rigged. We, 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 one of the differences here in the United States is that we don't have a king or a queen. Uh, and th that was kind of one of the founding differences, if you will, in my in my in my opinion. Uh, and is and is and is alluded to the success in on many levels, but of course there are many 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 threats. So even without 
that kind of monarchical uh, rule, there is, the average citizen is still rigged. Can you explain in your uh, in your own words uh, for listeners to understand uh, what that means? Uh, that ri- being rigged. Well, in 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 one way, for example, we uh, in the United States we've been racially rigged. Oh my goodness! And I recently participated in a uh, panel at party national convention that was held in New Orleans uh, at the beginning of what this month. <laughs> And oh, no, 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 uh, no, no, July. no, last, last month, month yeah. because it was in July. Yeah. And uh, it was ve- it was a very interesting experience for me because now, mind you, um, I grew up as a Democrat. Right. I was okay. elected as a Democrat. All of my uh, political activity up until 2007 uh, when I declared my independence from the Democratic Party and all of the national leadership that was responsible for uh, the U.S. engaging in the interminable wars. Mm. Um, I um, so so th- yeah. yeah. So this this walking into with all of my preconceived ideas about what libertarians are, mm-hmm. that was like for me walking onto the moon. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> you know, and so it was it was totally uh, and that wasn't the first time I did it. I did it again. I did it the month before in June when I went to the Red Pill Expo. Oh, interesting. OK. Yes. Which is an organization founded by G. Edward Griffin, who uh-huh. is the author of um, the, the creature from Jekyll Island. And so there I am walking again in this lunar landscape where I know absolutely nobody in the room. And so now, but now how many times do we do that? How many times, even with the structure of our lives, um, you know, we are in familiar settings and we kind of stay there. Yeah. And (laughs) that's how... The U.S. population is politically balkanized, and so, uh, so for example, you can look at uh, radio actually, and radio is one of those uh, ways, and you know, radio formats is one of those uh, tools of the deep state that utilizes an already balkanized population and further puts them in silos. So now. How do we structure, and this was the question at the Libertarian Party uh, National Convention, how can we structure our relationships so that we are no longer in silos? You know, Cy Hirsch wrote about the siloed uh, intelligence that allowed the George W. Bush Bush administration to lie to the public 935 times and take us to war. Because on fake, on fake intelligence, because that intelligence was fabricated and then the fabricated intelligence was siloed directly into the vice president's office. And then the vice president had something with which to base a war action on, even though it was fake. 
Now, that reminds us exactly of what we're going through right now with the whole Russiagate thing. And uh, so, you know, if it worked one time, why not let it work again? And this, this is the deep state uh, pulling the same play. You know, like uh, I, I grew up looking at football, actually. I was a cheerleader back in the day. <laughs> and so, you know, when, um, when, when the, the, the quarterback is calling his own number and doing a quarterback sleep, a sneak, mm. uh, the, 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 the offense lines up in a certain way. When the quarterback is going to do a Hail Mary pass, the offense lines up in a certain way. And so what, what I've been able to learn or discern is the plays that the deep state is about to run or is in the process of running because they have these, de- these templates the, the more successful ones are the ones that they use over and over again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So, so really what, what you're speaking of in regards to the individuals being rigged, it's, it's definitely a brainwashing on various levels and you, you thread in uh, Hollywood and entertainment in there as well. But now let's get into understanding your understanding as a uh, major political person um, on a federal letter level. What is the deep state? I mean, we're getting it's becoming more of a common um, almost a, a household term in 2018. And um, what is the deep state? Well, that's a very good question. Um First of all, it's important to remember that, you know, even when we say the government, the government is comprised of individuals and they have names and faces. And so the deep state also is a phenomenon that is comprised of individuals and they too have names and faces. So now, um, how can I answer this? First of all, I have to say uh, with some degree of pride that the professor who coined the term uh, is named Peter Dale Scott. And Peter Dale Scott um, uh, made certain observations after the assassination of JFK. And um, through you know, say several iterations, maybe a generation or a generation and a half later, then I become involved with these individuals who had dedicated their lives and in some cases suffered a lot because of that dedication to the truth and uh, obtaining evidence for what actually happened on November 22nd, 1963. And so um, uh, Peter Dale Scott said that the deep, the, the deep state is manifested by deep events and the deep state practices deep politics. So before he actually came up with the concept of deep state, mm-hmm. he um, first theorized about deep politics and deep events. Now, uh, Peter Dale Scott um, served on my dissertation committee. And so uh, basically I uh, was said, okay, I was told, well, now, you know, you need to go and find Peter Dale Scott and 
uh, hone his methodology because, um, well, we need more sort of deep researchers. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so now what is the, the methodology? In his words, the methodology is researching what's not there. Now, what in the heck does that mean? <laughs> well said. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's right. Exactly. So now I didn't know it at the time because this was prior to me actually. Um, well, I knew about him, but I had no when I was in the Congress, I really had no idea that I would that he would actually end up serving on my dissertation committee. Well, anyway, what I would tell my congressional staff is that we have to see, uh, they have to learn how to see the invisible, hear the unspoken, and read the unwritten. And in order to do that, that requires deep research. Okay, so now, that to know what's there, and you have to know it from, almost every vantage point so that you can know, for example, when you read the Christian Science Monitor or the New York Times or the Atlanta newspapers or whatever the locals listen to it on CBS News, you have to be able to discern what's not there. Mm -hmm. And so the deep state consists of these individuals who are there and at the same time not there. Mm -hmm. So we have a public state, and the public state is our president. But the deep state that controls our our public state are those names and faces that we don't know. And so what you have, an example of this, a great example of this, is the European Union. Because the reason you're having such an... Uh, a, a, a uh, rejection of the EU is because transparency has been obliterated in the EU. You've got, that's why we had Syriza elected in Greece with the Grexit. We've got, uh, well, Cameron didn't uh, expect the Brexit vote, but Nigel Farage certainly uh, organized for it. We've got Italy with uh, five stars, I believe is the name of his party. And uh, we've got Podemos in uh, Spain. And so you've got an expression coming from the Europeans that they're sick and tired of people in Brussels that have no names and no faces, yet have complete control over policy for all of these different countries. And that, so you could say that the EU is the quintessential example of a deep state that's operating wide open in the daylight, but um, no one knows the names, you know, sort of, of the policymakers. And that's exactly the situation. Who is it that controls the United States? And uh, when So when we say they don't want us to do this and they don't want us to do that and they're just trying to stop us, the question that I asked in my first dissertation, so, you know, like I've done, I've, I've been in so many different uh, PhD programs and written so many uh, beginnings of dissertations, 
Um, but the original dissertation that I uh, was working on, I never finished it at the Fletcher School of Law and Diplomacy USC, was USC. like, who is the they? And the they, in quotation marks, that's the deep state. Okay, so so Cynthia, let's 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 now go here. Let's. What is your opinion on the Federal Reserve? Well, of course, I'm just like a whole lot of other people in the United States, not fully aware of what the heck the Federal Reserve well, at one time, uh, not aware at all of what right. the Federal Reserve is. And so uh, never gave it a second thought, just, you know, got my dollar bill, my Federal Reserve note mm -hmm. and um, was trying to spend as much of it as I could and uh, doing like what most Americans do, don't save enough. Yeah. Well, um, what happened was when the when the deep state manifested itself to me and I became its target mm. that's when other people who were well versed in the deep state and its machinations and its operatives began to reach out to me and one of those persons I have to say I received out of nowhere, I received an uh, an autographed book from Anthony Sutton. Oh my must, goodness! I know. Wow. I, yeah. So I. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So I I couldn't put the book down, and, and 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 so then I began to understand really the history of my own country that I didn't know, and after that, from then, an Englishman. Uh, Sorry. Huh? So I said from an Englishman. <laughs> he was born in the UK, right? <laughs> okay. And, and and then I got um uh some you know, people began to send me stuff hmm. and uh eventually I got two G. Edward Griffin and the page turner. Oh, you can't put it down. Wow. Uh, and of course, there was a little more than passing interest because I'm from Georgia mm -hmm. and, and I know Jekyll Island. Oh, right. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so then that's when I said, OK, I, I, I can get this. And it was an illegal. I mean, you know, it has the aura of legality, but. Right. Really, it, it it really isn't because when you do something and there's hardly anybody in the room and you're operating off a of unanimous consent and it's like, you know, Christmas holidays and, uh, you know, it's mm. it's the it, it's it's tr almost treason. Yeah, absolutely. OK, so now we've got and, 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 and it seems apparent that you um didn't support uh, Hillary Clinton, and 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 from my mind, I'm like, wait a second, you know, what we're gonna get is another uh, another member of the Clinton power machine. We already had, and it's not like we haven't had this in the history of the U.S. before, but we had, you know, we had son and we had father and son Bush. But let's let's now go into: is there anything in your view? Is there anything behind these kind of? 
all boy networks, like the one that Sutton, who I'm certainly somewhat familiar with, uh, spoke about um, at Yale University. Uh, you know, we're, we're talking about uh, John Kerry and that society there that is often referred to as the skull and bones. Is there, I mean, if, if from an outsider standpoint, you're kind of, okay, the Federal Reserve, it's it's like this kind of dark veil, like you're saying. It's this, is that the deep state? Or is that the, is that the mechanism that's kind of running the, the, you know, turning the lights on in the U.S. Capitol? You know, we, we think that we're working our butt off as Americans, paying our taxes, like you're saying, and, you know, trying to save our money. But is there this kind of rigged system that we're all kind of feeding into? And if we're such a transparent, you know, constitutional republic, uh, you know, with these democratic values, then, you know, why why is it that there's these questions in the voting system and, and, and whether, you know, votes been rigged or a birth certificate is valid or that sort of thing? I mean, not to go too far off uh, off of line, but, you know, we've got like 9-11 and it's, you know, the, 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 the yeah, I mean, for, for, for years and years and years and years, I'm just kind of like, you know, hey, it's Osama, Osama bin Laden and, 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 you know, it's just it's this war on terror. It's this religious, you know, fanatic war that we have to worry about and, and, and fight in, as America. And, you know, it's it, it, it's it's a liberty, religious liberty and freedom and all the cornerstones that make, you know, the Constitution great. But then in 2008, you're kind of like, well, wait a second. Nine, there's so many question marks about 9-11. And for me, Cynthia, and I, you know, for me, it was this this spray that got sprayed and that uh, here in, in Miami that is banned by the European Union. It's called NAIL. It's a known neurotoxin. Yet, yet, yet the CDC out of Atlanta and 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 the local government said, no, you've got it. You got to be sprayed with it. It's 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 you know, it is what it is. And we got to combat the Zika virus. And from looking into that. Cynthia, that just blew my mind because I I actually ended up I ended up connecting dots to uh, to to different to different authors like like Anthony Sutton and and that's why I've had Charlotte Eiserbite on the on on the program because her member her father was a member of Skull and Bones, but you know you're you're taking you're t- <laughs> I mean you're a high powered U.S. federal official um, and you're taking this kind of you're pushing the envelope. You're saying, well, wait a second. No, you don't know. There is there. We're not we're not as transparent as as Americans may believe. And no, we, we need to stand up as Americans when we've got to kind of we've got to kind of push the envelope and start questioning authority. Uh, is there anything in what I've just said there, Cynthia, that, that, that you'd like to comment on or, or, or that resonates with you? I mean, you, maybe you want to segue in your current book, the, how the U.S. creates, um, you know, crap hole countries. It's, it's up to you. But, but, but uh, is there anything you'd like to comment on at this moment? No, well, I, I just, I, you're just singing a song. You're singing my heart song because <laughs> this is what I've yeah. been trying to say ever since it it became apparent to me and i've only you know recently started talking about this uh this particular moment when i realized it was all fake the democratic party the republican party i mean they're all controlled by the same people and so um once you are able to shed that partisan tribalism and look at the U.S. political system as a system, as a whole, um, man, you can see the flaws 
uh, screaming at you. And so then uh, what we've got to figure out a way to do is to use the language that Donald Trump wonderfully gave us. The system is rigged, drain the swamp, fake news, and then use those um, those realities to our advantage, to the advantage of the people. Yeah, well said. I want to I want to mention a quote, and this is a this is a, this is an MLK quote. And we have been repeat. He said, "1967. We have been repeatedly failed uh, with the cruel irony of watching Negro and white boys on TV screens." And this is in the 1960s, so not quite the same uh, era that we're living in. And the, and and as they kill uh, and they they kill and together for for a nation they're being killed together they're dying together for a nation that has been unable to seat them together so they're so they're in vietnam they're killing they're being killed together they're dying they're losing their lives together yes. yet they can't even sit in a classroom this nation at that time wasn't even able to sit them in a classroom together to learn right and so that's a that's an mlk vote or, or, or quote that comes from you know kind of that 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 deep south struggle of course that yes. that, that you can certainly identify with uh in in, in georgia that's right. And so then, of course, it becomes incumbent upon, upon us to look at all of these wars, which is yeah. what um, uh, Peter Dale Scott began to do. And of course, he wrote the book entitled uh, the, the American Deep State. I think it's the name of his book. He's written several books and he's got another one coming out. And um, but it was that that moment when the president of the United States had his brains blown out and brought open daylight. What is this? What kind of country is this? And then there's a prefabricated response that everyone buys into and everyone uh, propagates because uh, that's what uh, is wanted for us to believe actually happened. And this generation of the JFK assassination researchers, now what Peter Dale Scott did was he took it further. And he said, uh, let's look at the policy change that occurred as a result of the murder of, of, of Kennedy. And so you have Kennedy saying things like he, he's trying to wind down U.S. military aggression around the world particularly in Vietnam. And um, uh, when uh, Johnson comes in, he's not in office 24 hours and the policy changes. So there was a consequence to that action that they would have us believe uh, a, a lone man did. And that consequence was basically the victory of the military industrial complex that wanted to have no um, part in the, uh, the, nobody talked about detente at that time, but the detente with the Soviet Union that JFK was talking about. In his uh, graduation address to American University, literally weeks before he was murdered uh, the way he was, um, he said the word peace in that speech that lasted roughly 30 minutes 
he said the word peace more than 30 times. Wow. Wow. Incredible. So now we have Mm -hmm. a similar event in broad open daylight. We have um, three, well, four times in one day, the trillion dollar military and intelligence infrastructure fails. And we're supposed to believe that it failed because, well, we're not supposed to ask why it failed. We're supposed to just parrot that we were hit because we were free. Those were the talking points that were passed out on September 11th. We were hit because we were free. And every member of Congress went back to their district and lied with those talking points. Except me, of course, because I was um, not convinced (laughs) by any stretch of the imagination, first of all, that we're free people. And so then uh, once you began to to look at what the um, activities were of uh, our president and our vice president, they appealed to Tom Daschle, who was the uh, majority leader in the Senate at the time, to not have an investigation. Okay. Now, when a uh, this is the op-ed that I wrote in the Washington Post that started Juliet Eilperin, which makes me wonder uh, really who she who she really is, because I'm aware of COINTELPRO and the fact that the FBI and CIA have their journalists, they have their media outlets, they have their publishing houses, uh, they have their direct connection to Hollywood. And so uh, who are these people really that we're told, to, you know, are so such successful journalists and that we're supposed to be looking up to? Who are they really? Who do they belong to really? Well, anyway, in the op-ed that I wrote, I said, well, what happened to the transportation safety board because the national transportation safety board uh, was created for the purpose of rising above partisan politics and getting to the heart of um, a transportation tragedy, which of course, September 11th was. And the national transportation safety board has subpoena power. They have um, uh, investigation, investigation power, investigative, investigatory powers um they can even uh uh, if if say for example there's a wiring problem they can even uh say demand mandate that every airline change the wiring in that particular um series of airplanes i mean they have immense power to so that when you say it's never going to happen again that you can rely on the National Transportation Safety Board having done its investigation, having taken its corrective measures, and that it truly will not happen again. Not that problem, maybe another problem, but not that problem. Well, that didn't happen with the events of September 11th. Why? Interesting. Interesting. It sounds like there might be a cover-up. Well, of course there's a cover-up. And this is, you know, there's as much a cover up on um, the events of September 11th. And the sad thing about it 
is that our young men and women are being maimed and killed, put in harm's way, coming back with um, uh, um, uh, either addled brains or maimed bodies because they are being sent into these far off places to fight these wars that are not in the U.S. interest. And every president has justified these wars that we are in because of September 11th. And yet the people who are engaged in the fighting of these wars on the British side, the European side, and the U.S. and Australian sides don't have a clue about what happened on September 11th because the Europeans didn't get any investigation either. Uh, uh, um, uh, uh, Tony Blair promised a white paper that never happened. Uh, Colin Powell um, promised a white paper that never happened. And all we get is the, you know, uh, um, my staff called it a, the fairy tale that was written by, um, I can't think of his name now, Zelnick or whatever. Um, and, and that's what we have for what happened. Uh, and yet, uh, Bush doesn't get subpoenaed at well. He, he doesn't even, let alone subpoena, because of course, um, you've got the situation of, of, um, well, you've got, uh, well, you don't have, uh, well, the, the commission that was created didn't in, 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 uh, ask questions of Bush alone. Uh, you know, they just didn't follow normal investigate investigatory procedures. And so we don't really have any assurance of what happened. Yet our young men and women are strung all over the planet and U.S. taxpayers are paying for it. And at the same time, our, our drinking water is uh, failing. Right. Our, tra- our transportation systems are inadequate. Our education and, and health care systems uh, are not producing the outcomes that the people of the United States need in order to be to remain competitive in the uh, years ahead. Uh, we are a failing society, but all of our treasure is going to killing people. And it was Dwight David Eisenhower who said every dime spent on war is a loss to our treasure as a squandering of our treasure. Amen. Amen. Well said, beautiful quote. I I haven't heard that. Uh, Cynthia, who does the deep state benefit in your opinion? Who, who is this? Who is this benefiting in 9-11? Who does that benefit? If it's not, if it's not the Al Qaeda or, or this, uh, you know, a, a fanatical Islamic group, who is this benefiting? Well, of course you have to go by, uh, I mean, you have to really, I, I, I don't know. It's so obvious to me. I just don't know why it took people 20 years to figure <laughs> this out. Um, but, um, when you look at who benefits, it's not my next door neighbor, it's not my mom, and it's not me as a U.S. citizen, but somebody else is benefiting. And uh, so the deep state is not monolithic. And what I have looked at 
is the uh, theory coming from Peter Turchin, in, in addition to um, uh, uh, Peter Dale Scott gives you some telltale signs of whether uh, some event that takes place is a deep event. And um, then, of course, you've got this uh, theory put forward by Peter Turchin that says after a period of economic boom, what happens is that the deep state fractures. So at one point, the deep state of the U.S. was monolithic. And uh, then the deep state uh, fractured. And so now I see that deep state having fractured three times. And so I see three different factions and they seem to be fighting each other to the death. But now um, uh, you, there's so much sure. <laughs> and I don't have much time. But so, for example, what you would look at are some of the indicators of who basically controls the economy. What I say is that these these three deep state factions are fighting over two things. One is to have their finger on the nuclear button. And that means control, total control over all aspects of the U.S. state and what that means. And of course, you know, with the assets that the U.S. has all over the planet, that's huge. Right. Then... um you have the second uh, uh, goal of these factions, and that is the right to loot mm. the state with impunity. And we have we actually have seen that, the beginnings of that, such that all we have to do really is look at Russia in the 1990s under Gorbachev and um, uh, in the um, the sorry, the Soviet Union under Gorbachev and Russia un and Russia under Boris Yeltsin. Boris Yeltsin, of course, handpicked by members of the U.S. deep state in order to lead Russia for what purpose? For the looting of Russia, and that's exactly what happened. And so now you've got these divisions in Russia because you've got the people who benefited from the looting, and then you've got those who were looted. Uh, Medvedev is a part of those who sides with those people who did the looting, and Putin is the one who is siding with those who were looted, basically. So um, you've got the same, situ the same scenario where all of the assets of the, Ru of the Russian state basically devolved into the hands of 11 what are called oligarchs. And so that means Gazprom, Rusatom, all of the huge state-owned enterprises were owned by, came into the possession of individuals. Now, the same exact thing is uh, they're fighting over the ability to do, to do that to the U.S., to the people of the U.S., so on the one hand, you might have had a unified deep state at one point that uh, tangentially cared about some people in the U.S., certainly um, not black people in the U.S. because, you know, you wouldn't have had 
the trajectory of tragedies that have befallen us and you wouldn't have had the whole um, uh, Jim Crow and, you know, the things that happened to us in the South that you just wouldn't have had that. But um, so there was some kind of uh, consensus about how some people would be treated and some people would be spared under this new crew the um, that has risen to ascendancy now for the U.S. deep state. It's clear they don't care about the people of the U.S. It's a whole new ball game, and so that's how you can get the rusting out of um, mid America that, quite frankly, was never you know sort of negatively touched in that way before, and so people began. You you can see behaviors among those populations that um, began to take place that are similar to the behaviors that took place within the African-American community. Mm -hmm. And so you've got, you know, maybe crack cocaine, which was uh, the result of the CIA's activities, because before the CIA got involved in uh, fighting the Sandinistas in Nicaragua, there was no such thing as crack cocaine. And the DEA was a part of that whole scenario of making sure that every black family in the United States was um, affected by crack cocaine. Today, it's the opioid crisis, mm -hmm. right? right? And it's affecting different people. But the objective is the same. And so now what some those communities that might have been spared in the past, what they realize is that the same pernicious policies that were implemented or effected against the African-American community have now been effected against them. And that's why I believe it's so important that we figure out a way to overcome our siloing to overcome our balkanization, to overcome the, um, the, the real as well as the manufactured political divides and sit down at the same table in the same room and figure this thing out for the survival of us all. Well said, Cynthia. Thank you for, for your words. Uh, for listeners to understand your vision and, 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 and perhaps it's, it's the, the concept of power cells. How, and in closing, how do Americans unrig themselves? How, how, how do Americans make change, in your opinion? Well, in, in, uh, there's, um, oh, now you're going to tax me because uh, I, <laughs> I know this stuff. And yet I've forgotten his name. Oh, my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. But anyway, there's a, um, a practitioner who also has theorized one of the techniques that I would like to utilize in the power cells. But I have to apply for funding. I have to write the proposal. be doing the month of August, writing the proposal, seeing if I can get it fund it so that I'll be able to take this concept into every one of our 50 states. But Great. you have, um, uh, it's called immunity to change. And so basically these Harvard University researchers discovered that on the individual level, uh, we say we want to change. We say we want um, to move to the next level, 
but we also are quite comfortable where we are. And so we have to overcome that comfort level and understand why there's this fear to move to the next level into that uncharted territory. Like I said, uh, you know, to land on the moon and then uh, navigate yourself through uh, a room full of people that you've never seen before and you know are the polar opposite of you, right? Wow. We've got to figure, that's a skill and we have to figure out how to do that. Well, the immunity to change process carries us through what our fears are. And then once we recognize those fears and act on those fears, we're actually able to, um, to move to that next level. So there's lots of, there's tons of these strategies that have been honed by the uh, academicians, the scholars who have then gone out and practiced them. They've done the research, uh, it, the you know, in like psychology and everything. And then they've applied them and they've now learned that these things work. So I would like to take those techniques and then help people to unrig themselves. In that process, when we make sure that we're in a room full of people who are vastly different than us, because that that's the the part that I would have to construct that make sure that the power cell consists when we have our meeting consists of people that, you know, it's like a lunar landing. <laughs> and at the end of the day, you know what we're going to end up doing when we're, we're not going to care about what language you use. We're not going to care about uh, what uh, what words you use. We're going to care about heart to heart communication. And at the end of the day, we're all going to organically, it's not going to be anything that's forced because we're going to use appreciative inquiry to um, and, uh, find out what we share, the things uh, that we share. Yeah. And then I, I guarantee you that people will end up hugging each other right. and crying. There will be such transformations that will take place, positive transformations just from this one process, but it's not just that transformation because it's also an action plan. So we will identify the problems that we have in each community. So we go in there, I would go in there with my team and we don't have any preconceived ideas of what the problem is or what the solution is, uh -huh. because that's the role of the people themselves to work through these processes that we know work to get to what can we do to resolve this particular problem in 24 hours? What can we do to resolve this particular problem in one week? And we go through, so my, my vision is that we would have about five problems identified that could be solved by a series of actions. This power cell becomes a local action committee engaging with the members of city council and engaging with the members of their congressional representatives. And my vision, my hope one day is that they will run for office. Beautiful, beautiful. And that's exactly where change needs to happen is right in our communities, right in the roots. Cynthia, thank you for joining the program. It's been wonderful. It's been a pleasure and an honor to speak with you. Do you have any closing comments, any closing thoughts to share with listeners? Well, uh, people can find me. I'm 
pretty active (laughs) and opinionated (laughs) on the social media. So you can find me on Facebook uh, at Cynthia McKinney official. Remember that official on Twitter. You can find me at um, Cynthia McKinney, just my name. I'm on the blockchain uh, platforms as well. Mines, which gives uh, Ethereum, the cryptocurrency and steam it which gives Steam the cryptocurrency. I'm there as well. And also I'm on Gab. And then uh, people can reach me directly through my website, allthingscynthiamckinney.com. Wonderful. Cynthia, thank you for joining Winwood Radio. We look forward to inviting you back on the show. Thank you, Cynthia. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, six-term member of the United States House of Representatives from Georgia. Dr. Cynthia McKinney, you've tuned into Windwood Radio, or you're re-listening to it on a podcast pro- platform. I'll cut to a break, and I will be right back for some closing comments. I am your host of Discussions of Truth. I air weekly Wednesdays starting at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Ian Hamilton Trottier. Listening to Winwood Radio. Hello. Metallica, I love this song. Um, that is your right. It's an inalienable right to voice your opinion, to speak your mind, to stand up for what you believe in. And if anybody says that you can't, as far as I'm concerned, 
take them to task. Cynthia represents an incredible woman, a black woman, defying multiple odds, as you heard from her, from the community that she represents, something that, unless you're a black American, you truly can't identify with. If you're a woman, you can identify with a little closer. But somebody like me, I cannot identify with the struggles, as she mentioned, that she represents coming from the Deep South. Remember, I'm a Californian, so uh, I, I'm pretty much erased, oblivious to uh, these different Jim Crow laws and uh, really the, the philosophical nature of what Martin Luther King uh, represented. But I did live a year in South Carolina, so I am familiar with and have been to Jekyll Island. And some of these things, like Cynthia, resonated with me. And when that spray hit Miami, that's when uh, things really resonated. And uh, that's why I do this program for you. Next week, remember, Daniel Estuin, Trump, behind the scenes. I've mentioned it last week on the program. I'm going to mention it again because if you're looking and if you're listening to me, you probably are. And that's a good thing. Maybe you'll get involved in one of Cynthia's power cells which I'm going to look into absolutely, as you'll be introduced to me. Trine Day. I happened to study at a school in Oregon. I spent four years of my life in that state. It's an organization that happens to be based in that state, okay? I mentioned it once. I'm not going to mention it again. Daniel has written multiple books, and they are they appear on that site. On the 15th of August... Gretchen Peters will join us. She's a graduate of Harvard University and the University of Denver MBA from Joseph Corbell School of International Studies. I've mentioned it before. Two of Peters' papers I've listed, I've put links to on my website. The United States Institute of Peace, How Opium Profits the Taliban, and West Point's Combating Terrorism Center, Haqqani Network. Yes, she would brief the Pentagon. Yes, she would brief the military before heading into Afghanistan and we're going to close out the second half of August by, by hosting Jay Dyer, who will speak about esoteric Hollywood, pedophilia, a very disturbing and a real element of life in Hollywood. Dyer describes what he's discovered about how certain symbols, cult references, and subliminal sexual abuse messages, disgusting, appear in what you and your child may be reading, watching, and hearing when you turn on one of those multi-million dollar productions. And then we will close out this month with Buzz Patterson. Buzz, uh, Colonel, Colonel Patterson, was operational commander for all military units assigned to the White House, which included Air Force One, Marine One, Camp David, and the White House Transportation Agency. Folks, I come into studio every Wednesday, 5 o'clock, Deliver to you an inspirational, thought-provoking discussion of truth as the show has been basically formed into being titled because you need to stand up and question your government. 
You just have to. Or suffer the consequences. And one of those consequences, again to repeat it, might be an invasion of your airspace. Yes, as an American. Yes, in your state. Yes, by, depending on how you look at it, but definitely by an agency in your government. That doesn't mean that you oppose your country, all right? No, it doesn't. What it means is that you're being an American and you're exercising, and I'm repeating, some of your inalienable rights that the Constitution represents and reinforces for you to live by. I thank you for listening. I thank you for supporting me. Pass the episode on to a friend. Pass on to a family member. You have listened to Winwood Radio, and I am honored to be your guest, Ian Hamilton Trottier of the weekly program, Discussions of Truth. Until next week, be, be awesome.